was all a lie. There's nothing wrong with you. Nice of you to say, but you of all people should know there's plenty wrong with me. Take my blood, for example. I wish somebody would. This stuff is killing me. Why should I care? <laughs> because now... Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each game featured in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... My name's Dan. Welcome to the podcast. So, we've um, we've got a bit of a switch up this week, which we'll get onto in a moment. But first, how are, how are you doing? You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. Um, I think suffering from some vitamin D deficiency... Not enough, and, so. uh, my voice hasn't been amazing the last week, but um, it's, it's it feels a bit better now. So I'll yeah. actually be able to get a sentence out, which will be um, <laughs> it'll be good for doing a podcast. I think. I think so. I think words are quite helpful. Um, yeah. for Podcasts. I think I think that'll be helpful. But I mean, there was um, that there, there was no kind of deficiency in words for our last recording. Um, so. <laughs> This this week, um, at the end of the Final Fantasy podcast, we said that we'd be playing Goldeneye. Now, obviously, as you can see from the title of this episode, this isn't Goldeneye. So what's happened there is me and Dan usually record each episode, usually every Sunday, unless it's a really big game where we need a long time to play through it. And we played through Goldeneye and we recorded that episode last week. However, upon editing we realized that the episode overall came in at over an hour and a half and with final fantasy 9 being an hour and a half episode as well we thought we should probably break it up a little bit because uh, we didn't want to give you an hour 30 podcast followed by one that's a little bit more than that you know two episodes on the trot so we thought we'd break it up a little bit and this week we discussed the game that we were going to be doing next week instead um, so this week we're going to be focusing on Batman Arkham City, which was a 2011 release from a company called Rocksteady. Now, it got an aggregate score at the time of 96, so it's pretty high up on there, and it's coming in at number 32 on the top 100 list. Now, I will point out that this game appears on this list numerous times. The highest rated one is the PS3 port, um, but the Xbox 360 port is on here as well. So this one features two or three times on here. So firstly, I suppose, what were what were your thoughts on it? Just hearing you say how highly it's scored, I just find that surprising. I mean, I, I, mm. I guess I obviously knew it was on the list, um, but I hadn't checked where it placed on the list. 32 is really high. It is. It surprises me that the PS3 version is... The leading version because um, developers back in the PS3 360 era found the PS3 architecture notoriously hard to develop for um, so that's a surprise I mean my my history with the Arkham games is a bit spotty so I played Arkham Asylum at the time I thought it was good yeah you I really remember I got it, it for you? Christmas you know, I, I, actually when I first played it I'm, I'm not sure if I Loved it. So I got it for Christmas. I got a bunch of other games. I decided to start playing Arkham Asylum on New Year's Day, I remember. And this must have been 20, 
2010 or 20, 2009 Christmas. I'm not sure. One of the two. 2009 um, it came out, yeah. So 2009 Christmas this must have been. And um, I started playing it on New Year's Day. And I did enjoy it, but I didn't necessarily think it was as good as everyone was saying. Now, I re- I, I'd re i not played Arkham City. I'd not played Arkham Origins. I'd not played Arkham Knights. So what I did was um, I, st- I bought Arkham Knight. I started playing it. And I was really impressed with the way the first, say, couple of hours were. So I thought, well, rather than keep playing this, I'm actually going to go back and play them all through. So I bought the uh, Return to Arkham collection, played them all through. That time, I really enjoyed Arkham Asylum. And I think playing through very quickly those games, um, I didn't enjoy Arkham City as much at the time. Um so I've gone back. This is the second time I've completed Arkham City. I enjoyed it more this time. I'm still not convinced that it is the 32nd greatest game of all time. I think with this one, it's because I, I hadn't played these games until until we went to uni. Um, because I remember that which was our, in 2012. We started uni. Yeah, so would, it, would you have played this in 2012? Yeah, 2012 maybe. Maybe a bit after that. I'm not too sure because I didn't own it. Because I think when I came to uni, I came with an Xbox 360. But I didn't get a PS3 until our second year, yeah, which is when you and me lived together. And I think that my first exposure to the Arkham games was through one of my housemates in first year, Danny, who you and me lived with for second and third year as well. And he was quite into these games. So my first Arkham game was Arkham City. I don't think I played Arkham Asylum until after that. And I remember at the time, I really liked Arkham City. I thought it was really good and it still is. And then I went and played Arkham Asylum and having all of that freedom in Arkham City to have that kind of yanked away when you go to the Asylum because Arkham Asylum is a smaller game it made me not enjoy it as much. But I think that if I went back and played Arkham Asylum now, I'd enjoy it a lot more. Because as many of you may know, when me and Dan play through these games, we're in pretty constant communication, just saying what we think of the games, etc. And I struggled to complete this, not because of the difficulty or anything, because it's a pretty easy game, but I just struggled to want to play it. I, I did the first couple of hours... And I, I was just really not getting into it at all, which I was surprised at because obviously Arkham City is my choice of the game this week because Dan's was Goldeneye. And I thought that I'd like it a lot more than I did. But yeah, it's it's a really weird one. It's a decent game. And I mean, as we go through this episode, we'll, we'll point out all of the qualities that it's got because it is enjoyable. But I, I would agree with Dan. I'm not sure that it, should be even in this list let alone number 32 um but that's something that we'll discuss at the end of the episode so one of the things that rocksteady did with these games is there's the arkham trilogy and there's also a fourth one that came out between uh, the second game and the third game in the trilogy arkham origins which was put together by a different company i can't remember who it was off the top of my head do you know no um I'm usually pretty good with this, but I, I, for some reason, I don't know. This is this could be completely wrong. I don't know why Codemasters is coming into my head. 
Let me have a look. Yeah, no. I'm gonna. That's gonna probably do completely some live wrong. Googling. Okay. So. I wouldn't say that I'm the. Warner um, Brothers. So Warner Brothers is the owner. So it would have been a different developer. Who was the developer? Uh, the game was developed by Warner Brothers uh, Montreal. Oh. And then okay. published by Warner Brothers. That's um, interesting. So it was, it was a different, it was a different company that actually developed it because Rocksteady had done Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and then following Origins they did Arkham Knight, which got very mixed reviews at the time, uh, <laughs> for for quite correct reasons that the PC port of um, Arkham Knight was broken. So Rocksteady did the original trilogy, and for the most part they went down very well. And I think something that really goes into that reasoning is because up until the Arkham games, there had never really been any amazing superhero games. You had a few here and there, but they were left wanting a lot, I think. And people didn't have very high expectations for Arkham because a majority of the Batman games that had come out before that were pretty poor, or if not poor, on a very average average wavelength i mean what what are your um what's your background i suppose with superhero games have you got any favorites or do you think these are the best ones that stand out or what are your thoughts um it's hard to say um you know that i at the time i was a big fan of spider-man 2 on the playstation 2 and i think it also came out on the xbox and the gamecube but i played it on the playstation 2 mainly because one of the best superhero games yeah Uh, and, and i felt like it was a real surprise because I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. And I think this is where this idea of freedom and being able to stop crimes, basically the structure that has been very successful in superhero games was implemented here in Spider-Man 2. Um, I'm aware that there was also Batman Begins, the video game. Yeah, Actually, 2006. That, that did, I enjoyed that game. That did pretty well. That I mean, uh, reviewers, I think it was getting um, either high sevens or eights out of ten. It's by a developer called Eurocom, and we will be mentioning in the, the um, in the GoldenEye episode that Eurocom were the same developers that developed The World Is Not Enough, that developed the EA um, Bond games, uh, Agent Under Fire, Nightfire, Everything or Nothing, and from Russia with Love, I think they did that one as well. So Eurocom was quite a, an established developer and they took the reins on this game. Now that, now that game was um, very much a linear game, but it did follow the Batman Begins story and uh, people seemed to quite enjoy it. I've not played it, so I can't really speak on it. Um, I played it a lot. So you, did you enjoy it? I did at the time. However, a few months ago, I did watch a few reviews of it and people playing it now. And obviously it's not particularly fair because this is a game that came out 2006, 2007 and it's a tie-in movie game. But I enjoyed it at the time but now it seems people don't really give it too much leeway. I think people nowadays think it hasn't aged particularly well and it doesn't get a very good reception. Which is a shame because I enjoyed it again but it's like you said it was very linear. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to make uh, any sort of impact after the Arkham games have come out. Now the other the other superhero series I want to throw in there. I don't know what your exposure to this series is. Um, is the Infamous series, 
which is not a mm. branded superhero game. Now, I really like um, Infamous 2. I think that was one of the best superhero games. Is that Second games. Son? Uh, Second Son is Infamous 2, yep. Uh, uh, that might be Infamous 3. Is that the one that's... Oh. <laughs> it was an early PS4 game. Yeah, that's Infamous 3. Um, that's Infamous 3. Infamous 2 is just Infamous 2. Um and Infamous 1 was alright, Infamous 2 was really good in my opinion, and Infamous 3 was also pretty good. So they're a series that I think are going to continue to be made. It would be nice to see one on the PS5 eventually, I suppose. Um, and I know you're also a big fan of the Spider-Man game, I also completed the Spider-Man game. and Oh, uh, by Insomniac. Yeah, and Platinum the Spider-Man game. And I thought that was a good game. That was that's the word I'd use to describe it. It was a good game. I don't necessarily think it um, re, I suppose reinvented the wheel. Um, it used that established mm. formula and it did it really well. It would, would yeah. have been it would have been nice to see it take some 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 new uh, or provide some new twists on the formula. I think. I think the problem that you get with superhero games is that. A lot of superheroes are supposed to be untouchable, really. And since since 2008, when Marvel Studios released the first Iron Man film, superheroes have become an even bigger property than they were prior to that. Obviously, you had the Nolan films with Batman, and they were huge. And The Dark Knight, I think, is one of the highest rated movies of all time. I think it's in the IMDb Top 10 which I don't I don't know if I'd agree with. I think it's a very good film, though. And the thing with superhero games, because I've played Infamous Second Son, I didn't really get on with it that well. I found it a bit boring. But I can also understand why people really enjoyed them, because as a, as a gaming industry, I think superhero games are left wanting somewhat. And since the very, very great game Superman 64... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that classic uh, Cla- classic game. We'll play that. That would be really good. Um, for anyone listening who doesn't know Superman 64, it's classed as one of the very worst games of all time. Uh, it came out on the N64 in, I think, the 90s. And yeah. it's just just awful. But yeah, I think the Arkham games really kind of broke the mould somewhat in you know showing what superhero games could be again because from Spider-Man 2 which came out I think in 2004 on yeah. PS2 I might have that wrong it's either 2003 or 4 I think it's 4 so following that there were a few decent Spider-Man games that I've not played but I've heard pretty good things about like Shattered Dimensions yeah uh, and perhaps Web of Time as well yeah they're based then, on the the comic books rather than the films yes. Which I think is good because it gives them more freedom and it's the problem that people had with um, Batman Arkham, uh, not Arkham, Batman Begins, is that it was very linear but it had to be because it was following the film, you know, and Spider-Man 2 did that but it also added some bombastic stuff in there as well with um, Mysterio in the game who doesn't show up in the film. And lots of pizza. Et yeah, the, the, uh, the, the pizza delivery theme. I love that. <laughs> did, did, you, did you find the Easter egg in the, um, in the new Spider-Man game? Yeah, yeah. Um, you go up to the, the pizza shop door and you can hear the music in the background. Yeah. The quality. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel that the, the Rocksteady games really reinvented what superhero games could be. And I think that's what lends them a lot of this. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it Credibility? Lends, 
Yeah, I suppose so. And that's not to say that they're not good games either. They are great. And, you know, that brings us on to the setting of Arkham City. So with Arkham Asylum, there was a lot of detail in that game that you could miss if you didn't go around scanning everything. And it's exactly the same with Arkham City, except there's more stuff to see this time. At the very start of the game, when Batman goes to save Catwoman from the um, the court from Two-Face, if you go downstairs and into the, the prison cells, Calendar Man's there. And until this game, I'd never even heard of Calendar Man. And he's just kind of sat there biding his time. And if you play on like Christmas Day or something, he'll mention something about Christmas. You know, really cool stuff like that, which had been done before in games like um, Metal Gear Solid 3, where if you start the boss fight for the end and wait two weeks, the end dies of old age. You know, there are really cool small details in this game. But I suppose we should probably talk about the story a little bit, shouldn't we? (laughs) Because we've, we've not mentioned that yet. Yeah, I just want to talk a bit more about the setting and then we yeah, can on. talk about the story. So I think what one thing that you can say about all of the Arkham games is that they were obviously made with love. The amount yeah. of stuff that has been put into these settings, they're References. full of detail. Uh, there are so many things to see. It never feels repetitive or anything like that, uh, walking around these worlds. Now, my favourite is Arkham Asylum. I think because it's a bit more focused, you really yeah. get to see that pinpoint accuracy with that detail. Um, but yeah, the, it's, it's, it's in all of them. And I think Calendar Man actually appeared in... Um, I don't know if he himself appeared, but you could go into his cell and you could see it was Calendar Man's cell in Arkham Asylum. So that's, that's another cool. cool nod. With Arkham City, I was getting um, a few Manhunt vibes while playing this because it's a very dark setting and yeah. you've got the people walking around with the... Uh, like You've got Joker's um, henchmen who are all clown walking masks. around with clown masks. Yeah. yeah, You've got Two-Face henchmen who are like burnt on one side. Um, you've, got, um, you've got Penguin's henchmen... What's really special about them? Nothing too much, I don't think. They don't really stand out, but it's no. because Penguin doesn't really. I think he does, but for for because of his stature, because of his Cockney accent, um, his monocle. But yeah, his guards don't really stand out in any way. So it reminded me a bit of Manhunt. Now, obviously, it's nowhere near as dark, bleak, or in my opinion, powerful as Manhunt. So I mean, the Rockstar game. Yeah, um, and yeah. it may be one that I put on my um, 10 honourable mentions at the end because I love Manhunt. I just think there's no other game like it that's tapped into that kind of darkness. But yeah, I was getting Manhunt vibes. For me, that was a good thing. And I suppose it's that dark kind of comic book feel that you get. And what these games do really well is they, for the first time really in video game form... And maybe you could argue in terms of um, other superheroes as well, is you get a world which feels like it belongs to the superhero. It feels like that world from the comic books, from the films, come to life for you to explore. I think Spider-Man 2 did it to an extent. Obviously, the new Spider-Man game did it for Spider-Man. But it's not very often that these games are actually successful. We've still yet to get 
an excellent Superman film, and I think that's a uh, Superman game. Sorry, and I think that's a travesty. The, the, the difficulty with Superman because I've read quite a lot up on um, the potential for Rocksteady to design a Superman game. The issue with Superman is how do you make it challenging? Because the only thing that can kill him is kryptonite, and I, I'd really love a Superman game as well. There was one that came out, I think, on the 360 or the PS3. Yeah, I know. What um, you mean. That was very free, free form. You could do whatever you wanted. You could fly anywhere, and it was great. But I think the game suffered with just being a little bit boring. However, one game that I will mention that's it's very bare bones, and it isn't like a AAA game but is super fun especially if you like superman is a game called megaton rainfall it was yeah i know the game yeah i mean it was originally a vr game and i've played this game in vr because one of my friends has got a um i think he's got an oculus and it's insane like because you, you it's basically a superman sim really and playing that game in VR, you know, you're taking flight and you're, you're flying all over the place. And my, like, I genuinely felt a few times like I was almost sick because, like, you feel your stomach turn when you go up in the air. It's, it's crazy. But I'd, I'd love to see a Superman game too. And there were whisperings that Rocksteady would potentially be working on something like that. I think they are. But, I mean, I think the last time that I saw Superman in a game, not that I take too much notice of Superman Infamous. games. Uh, Oh no, no. In, in in Injustice? Yes, Injustice, that was it. When you've got all the heroes and Evelyn doppelgangers, haven't you? Yeah. It was an alright game. I'm That's not good. a big fan of um beat beat 'em ups though. It's so. good for it's good for the type of game it is, and it's very yes. it's got a lot of detail again thrown in. I mean, say what you will about Warner Brothers, but they, they do actually come out with some good games and some good series. Yeah, I would love to see a great Superman game. I think not only is it how do you make him weak, but it's also um, with the freedom that he has flying and flying at super speed. How do you mm. translate those powers into a video game and make them accurate, authentic, fun? And it's a really challenging thing. I suppose if it was, if it was me designing, which I'm not saying it would ever be, but... I suppose it's not to make the fail states about um, him being hurt or injured, which we're used to in historically in video games, but maybe about him um, keeping his disguise. Um, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe saving people on time. You can put time limits on that kind of thing, just to make it a bit more interesting. Maybe we should think a bit outside the box to make an interesting Superman game. But if anyone can do it, I think Rocksteady can yeah, do Rocksteady. it. Yeah, Rocksteady. I I agree, and I think. That if um, the same with Insomniac, like you say, you think the Spider-Man game's good, the the reception that it got was pretty decent, and I think that if Rocksteady and Insomniac tried to come uh, to come up with something, I think it would be really really good. Like you, you don't really ever see um, developers work together on stuff like that, but I think that would really stand out because Insomniac did a great job with the world building and the controls of Spider-Man and Rocksteady did the same with the Batman game. So I think that would really be something special. Not that it would happen, Who's but it's a nice Who's making the thought. new Avengers game? Um, oh gosh. I can't remember who. It's, it's a Sony exclusive. It's a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, is it? I thought it was cross-platform. Oh, oh maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Uh, the, there, there may be an Avengers VR game that's a PlayStation exclusive. Crystal Dynamics. Okay, so they made uh, they made the Tomb Raider games. Yeah, published by Square Enix. Okay, I interesting. Mean, from what I've seen so far, that looks quite good, and it, it brings us on quite nicely to the Batman universe because I, up until about three or four months ago, I hadn't watched the Marvel films. I've never really been that much into Marvel too much. I've never liked the X-Men. I've always thought the X-Men are a bit lame. I think you quite like the X-Men, don't you? I like the new X-Men films. I don't I like, the old ones all right, the um the ones that were released early 2000s, but mm. I think um X-Men First Class and uh its sequel, I can't remember what that one's called. Um they're really good. And I think they've fallen off a bit now as well. But I don't I I'll be completely honest when when everyone started um going mad for the for the super for superhero films i kind of fell off a bit it was just everywhere and i thought oh, yeah i just need a break from this well, um yeah we, we we were at uni at the time and i remember when the original avengers film came out in 2012 i think i went to the cinema to see that about five times yeah i didn't really like it that much no i remember you didn't i thought it was great but i i hadn't really seen the films leading up to that, the phase one films of the Marvel Universe. And after I watched Avengers, like I said, I saw it five or six times at the cinema, I then just fell off the bandwagon. And up until about three months ago, I hadn't seen all the films. But now I've, I've watched them all and I think they're pretty good. Um, there are some films that are better than others. And there are a few games that came out as well. There was an Iron Man game. I think there was a Thor game. And there might have been a Captain America game. I'm not sure about that one. Oh, though. really? I don't really know much about them. The I know there are Lego Thor, games. <laughs> yeah, there are Lego games. The Thor game didn't get a very good reception, and I think the Iron Man game was pretty average. But yeah, I've always been more of a DC person. Me too. I just think the uh, that the films you can give or t- take or leave that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is ten times better than the DC Universe films. The DC Universe tried to catch up with Marvel and they screwed it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, they did tried to do too too much too soon just to try and keep up with Marvel. And I didn't I didn't like the new Superman films either. I I didn't mind Man of Steel. I remember we I watched that together. It. And then at the it. end, when... Um, spoilers in three, two, one, when Superman snapped the neck of uh, General Zod... I hated it. You were uh, you were just like what? No, I don't like this anymore. This is ridiculous. I mean, I wasn't uh, I wasn't enjoying it that much anyway. I think they missed a lot of what makes Superman good. But when they did that, yeah, I thought you just lost me. So the thing that really sets DC apart from Marvel, in my opinion, is in particular with Batman, is the Rogue Gallery, and you get a real insight into Batman's Rogue Gallery in the Arkham games, in particular with Arkham City. Now, as great as Spider-Man's villains are with Mysterio, with Doc Ock, you know, they're very well thought out. However, in my opinion, Batman's villains are really above and beyond because they all link in with who Batman is. You've got Mr. Freeze, 
who is the scientific equivalent of Bruce Wayne. He knows his stuff. You've got Joker, who is the antithesis to Batman, who will never kill anyone. Joker is the other end of that. He's manic and he doesn't care. You've got Two-Face, which shows the duality of Bruce Wayne and Batman. You've got the Riddler. You know, you've got all of these different villains that really link in with who Batman is and Scarecrow with his use of fear. You know, and I think in this game, you really get a good look at who his villains are. And one of the standout moments in this game is the fight with Mr. Freeze. And that's always been put down as one of the great boss battles in video games. And I think for good reason, because you have to really think about it. No tactic works twice and you've got to think on your feet and I, I was looking forward to that section of the game and it came up, I was like, I remember this being fantastic. And it's a, like, I don't know what your thoughts are, but it's a bit creepy um, with his with his weird voice, uh, with his with his helmet on and stuff like that. What, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think um, it was good. I think what's, what's um, I, I don't know if the word is creepy, but what's, what's, I suppose, a bit creepy about it is that he's kind of this unstoppable unstoppable character with thermal vision yeah. that can yeah. um that can follow you around and can sense where you are and it's kind of this unstoppable thing coming towards you. It's like a terminator. Um, yeah, it's a bit like that. And what I think is I would have actually liked it to be a bit tougher because I would have liked for it to have gone on a bit longer to force you to be resourceful, to change up your tactics a bit more even, which it does do, but it's one of those bosses that I enjoyed and I'd like to have seen more of it. It's like the end battle. We, we mentioned it earlier in Metal Gear Solid 3. It's a fantastic boss battle that goes on for a long time and you really get to enjoy it and savour it. Whereas I think the freeze... Do it. Yeah, and I think the freeze battle is just over too quickly. For for I would have just liked it to go on two or three times the length, to be honest. It depends what um, what setting you're playing it on as well. So I played on normal. I played on normal um, too. Yeah. So on easy, I think you have to strike him three times. On normal, I think, I I think, I think it's about five. Six. Yeah, five or six. Five or six, and then for hard, I think it's eight or nine times. Well, that's all right. That maybe have been that may have been because uh, I found this game fairly easy to play. I mean, I didn't really yeah. have any difficulty with with it. The, the checkpoint system is generous if you do happen to die. Um, yes. It's 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 not a not a difficult game, especially we've just finished Goldeneye, and uh, Goldeneye is uh, provides a good challenge. That's how I describe Goldeneye. Well, we said that we discussed the story, and we haven't. And I suppose that yeah. So I mean, um, the story I think can be done uh, pretty quickly because I don't think there's actually much nuance to it, to be honest. No, it it follows on directly from Arkham Asylum, and I'll quickly discuss one of my gripes with Arkham Asylum. So. The end of Arkham Asylum, the main villain really through that game is the Joker and to some extent Scarecrow a little bit. Yeah. Um, and at the end of Arkham Asylum, Joker takes this thing called Titan, which turns him into this super monster, basically. And like I, I hated that so much because it isn't who the Joker is. Um, I thought it was a bit ridiculous. Yeah, but, it, it's um, it's the gamification of of um, either the films or the comics. Yes, to turn them into some big bad boss because 
really in a physical fight, uh, Batman would have Joker so easily. Well, yeah, and and you see it a few times in Arkham City. Um, So what happens at the end of Arkham Asylum is Joker takes this Titan, Batman beats him, and then credits roll. This game takes place not too long after Arkham Asylum, and the... The head of Arkham Asylum during the first game is a guy called Quincy Sharp, I think, who gets um, lauded and you know gets all of the praise for containing what happens at Arkham Asylum. He then becomes mayor of Gotham, and he implements this plan to section off a part of Gotham City into something called Arkham City, which is a half of the city on its own, which all of the inmates from Arkham Asylum are put in. So half of the city is now a prison. Batman goes in there and he gets subdued by the Joker, of course. Well, so he... so let, let's touch on this, though. <laughs> Batman is giving a press conference. Oh, no, Bruce Wayne Bruce is Wayne. giving a press conference. And out of nowhere, he's struck by... Hugo Strange's guards and thrown into Arkham City. But what reason is given for him being put in prison? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there probably is some kind of convoluted reason on there. And it's obvious that Bruce Wayne wanted to go in anyway, I think. But yeah. it, it does... There aren't many answers to that in the game. Um, but when Bruce is in there, he gets subdued by the Joker, who is very ill. You can see that his skin is atrocious. He's coughing. He can barely stand. And you find out that the Titan that he took at the end of Arkham Asylum is basically poisoning him and killing him slowly. And it's like a virus in his blood. So in order for him to get a cure, he manages to knock Batman unconscious, starts a blood transfusion with him to put his blood in Batman, so that Arkham, uh, so that Batman now has the same virus to make him go and find a cure. And the rest of the game is Batman basically trying to track down a cure for this virus, so that he can cure himself, and at the same time also cure the Joker. And as much as I'm very meh about this game, the ending to it I think is fantastic, where. As as is usual with these discussions, spoilers include. So if you've not played Arkham City and you want to experience it for yourself, stop listening now for maybe five minutes. But at the end of the game, J- Joker just dies. Like he's dead. And you never really see that in Batman because the Joker is just such a constant. But Batman finds the cure. He He cures himself and then the Joker is panicking about the fact that he hasn't received any yet. So he stabs Batman, Batman drops the cure, it smashes, and Joker's just lying there dying. And Batman says, after everything, I would have still saved you. And then Joker just dies. And I think it was so unexpected at the time, because, like like I said, it's the Joker. And it's such a weird... I wouldn't call it a twist ending, but it was so unexpected. Mm. What What did you think of the ending? So, uh, firstly, I want to give credit to the fact that the sick, dying Joker is a really nice twist on the Joker. Yeah. 
we get to see some things in that character that we have never seen before. So it's a really nice twist on it. Um, and then I want to um, say why if if he'd um, if he'd injected Batman, he, he wanted Batman to find the cure. Why was he trying to stop him at every hurdle with his own henchmen? Yeah, it's again, it's it's that video game logic, isn't it? That it doesn't make sense, but I suppose there's got to be an extra yeah um, challenge, but it doesn't always make sense for the player. He should be making it as easy as possible to, for Batman to find the cure, but instead he stops him at every hurdle with his henchmen. Now you could say that Joker isn't necessarily of a sound mind, which is why he's <laughs> no. doing it, but I think that's a bit of a cop out. Um, it's a bit of an easy excuse as to why he's doing it. It's like you said, the reason it's there is because it adds a layer of challenge. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I like the fact that Joker died. It, it, to me, it kind of reinforces the idea that Rocksteady had a lot of ambition when they went into these games, and they were willing to take risks. They were willing to kill off characters, and it yeah, opens it takes a up lot of balls to kill the Joker. Yeah, and it opens up a lot of avenues for Arkham Knight because one of the things I liked about Arkham Knight is the first thing you see is Joker being cremated. Basically, mm. it's saying Joker's gone. Don't expect Joker this time. He's gone, um, and it's and a really what's back anyway. Does he? Yeah, so it, it was one of the big points of contention with Arkham Knight. I can't remember that, that bit. Uh, he's there for the whole game. So Batman is still somewhat poisoned, I think, in Arkham Knight. And it's when... Does he hear him in his head or something? I, uh... Yeah, he's... um. Well, he, he sees him as well. Joker's basically there with him. Yeah, I do, rem- I do remember him seeing. But is, is that a hallucination or is that meant to be real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hallucination. Um... But it, it, I think it's, like, like I say, it takes a lot of balls for what Rocksteady did with killing the Joker because it's the Joker. And I think Arkham Knight would have been a lot better if they just said, he's dead. He's not yeah. in this game. Yeah, all. but I mean, just to clarify though, he doesn't he doesn't physically come back from the dead, does no, he? No, 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 he's not alive. No, he's, he's there as a, as a part of Batman's consciousness. He, he's somewhat Batman's partner, I suppose, in this game. Yeah, actually, he, I did like that. Relief. I kind of like that, actually, personally. I did as um, well, but it just, I don't think it needed to be there. No, I mean, it would have been bolder to just really depart from, from Joker and... Yeah, he's gone. But I think the other thing that makes the inclusion of Joker and Arkham Knight good is because the Arkham Knight is so weak as a villain. Yes, it's very predictable. Yeah. Um, Massively predictable. Yeah, so I so I enjoyed. I, I thought it was good what they did with Joker in, in Arkham uh, City. I also want to throw out another wrinkle, which is um, Hugo Strange is working apparently for Rachel Ghoul, mm. and that's just thrown in there at the end. And then Rachel Ghoul, the immortal Rachel Ghoul, just dies. Yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't really like that. I thought sometimes you can and I and this is why I'm not a huge fan of the um the dark knight because i think there's too many villains in the mix i feel like arkham city kind of includes a a few too many villains again it could have just been focused mainly on joker and it would have been a better game maybe with um bursts of hugo strange but why they need to throw in i mean i didn't mind um i didn't mind mr freeze that's fine because it's such a small part Um, whereas I think Arkham Asylum is a much more focused game. Um, yes, Yes. you do have those, uh, moments with other villains, but they are kind of 
very much on the side. The whole focus is Joker. Whereas in yeah. Arkham City, you could argue who the main villain is, Hugo Strange or Joker or Rachel Gore. Or... or whether Joker even is a villain in this game because he's just there, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's you know, he, he's causing issues, but he's not really doing much. You know what I mean? He's He's ill. He infects you and you have to get a cure for him. It's not like he's, um, you know, it's not like he's the penguin or it's not like he's Two-Face. He's just kind of there and you need to do something for him, you know? It's, it's like he's a quest giver. Now, I thought um, Penguin was done nicely because it really did feel like a side. Um, it was just, a, I suppose, a detour on the path back to the main story. So I think Penguin's inclusion was all right, actually. But I feel like some of the other main villains, quote unquote, it, it, it was a bit of juggling that I don't think they were really adept enough with the storyline to do. Well, the one... The one villain in these games that I never have a problem with being in there is the Riddler. Because yeah. he's totally there by choice. He's a backseat villain, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to fight him, you can. But you have to solve and collect all of his Riddler trophies, which there are a big amount of. 400 also, and something? You've also got other villains in this game, like the Mad Hatter. We've said Calendar Man. There's another character as well that I remember from Arkham City, but I can't remember his name. There's, um, he's he's the guy that's that gets plastic surgery to sew Bruce Wayne's face onto his own. Oh, um, the Identity Killer. Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's also Clayface. Yeah, Clayface is in this one. Freeze uh, and Catwoman. Even though she isn't really a villain, she's on the line, isn't she? With Catwoman, she's also a playable character in this game. Which I'd not played the Catwoman section. Poison before. Ivy's back. Yeah, you've got Poison Ivy. Um, who are we who are we missing? There's probably a few more uh, that only make very even secretive appearances. Yeah, think, I'm, I'm not. Too, I'm not. I, I think, think that's, that's the main ones. Everyone, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There, are, there are a few smaller ones, and you've also got the um, oh, what's his name? The guy that does the the, the Watcher. Yes, you know he's I mean? in there. Yeah, because he's in Arkham Knight as well. Oh, and Zaz as well. Oh yes, absolutely. So there's 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 a big number of villains in this game, and something that we haven't touched on yet, which I think certainly does need to be mentioned, is the voice acting. Yes. So for Batman and for Mark Hamill, you've got the two original guys that did the voices for the animated show. Yeah. So Kevin Conroy coming back as Batman. And then Mark Hamill as the Joker. And it wasn't until I played this game that I realised that Mark Hamill ever voiced the Joker. Brilliant. But Brilliant. You, you actually realise that he's one of the most... It's one of his biggest parts that he's ever played. Obviously, everyone knows... Uh, he's played Mark it for Hamill years for, as well. He's played it yeah, for Yeah, absolutely, long time. since like the 90s. Yeah. And I didn't realise that Mark Hamill was a voice actor because everyone knows Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. That's the thing that he's most well-known for, I suppose. But within the circle that enjoys that culture he's equally as well known for playing the joker do you know what i mean yeah and then there's also got kevin conroy as uh, batman well it wasn't until i started researching this game that i found out that um arguably two of the biggest voice actors of the last 10 years are also in this game being nolan north and troy baker 
They're in every. We, I mean, I'm sure we've discussed this in other in, in, a, in another video. They're they're in everything though. Even if they're supporting characters, they're mm. in everything. <laughs> well, I first saw Nolan North's name come up, and I was like, oh, okay. Plays the penguin. Cool. Didn't realize that. And then I was looking through other names. And I was like, oh, Troy Baker. What? And he he plays uh he plays Robin in this game. Even though Robin's got a very very small part to play. But the voice acting in this game is fantastic, in particular Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Yeah, and 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 credit to Nolan North is is um, his Cockney accent isn't terrible. No, it's no. all right. The, the the penguin's very well brought to life in this game. I like the penguin. I thought he, I thought he was done well. Um, okay, so I just want to move us on to possibly the biggest thing that we've not touched on: mm. the gameplay. Yeah, <laughs> we, should, we should probably discuss that. You go first. Yeah. Um, so like I said, this time I played it, I found it to be a lot of fun. I think maybe one of the hurdles for you was that you were also playing Final Fantasy VII, which is a big new game. Yeah. I've not been playing anything else on the side. So when I, I mean, as I said, well, I've not, as I said in the GoldenEye episode, which you've not heard yet, I am working from home during the coronavirus um pandemic so when i finish work it's just nice to turn on batman play it it's just, i was just finding it a lot of fun um i'm not the biggest fan of the combat i think it started a trend in video game combat and i think spider-man the new spider-man copies it as well i think it can be a bit button mashy at times and but at the time it was new yeah it was new. and it works and it looks cool but and, and and there's definitely some skill to it. There's definitely um, different levels of skill that different people will have. But I still find it a bit button mashy at times, and I think it could just be a bit of a. I to be to be perfectly honest, in 2020, I think we should throw the system out and and come up with something new because too many games are still using it. Well, yeah, I, I think it's it's. The thing with old combat systems or old game systems like that is they do need changing. And I think a big example of those changes for, for the better is the Assassin's Creed games. Because, yeah. you know, Assassin's Creed 1, 2, ooh, Syndicate, I think, which is the one based in London. So that's about 10 games that they were the same control style, the same gameplay mechanic. And then when Origins is one in Egypt, isn't it? Origins is Egypt. They Ubisoft completely switched up and they redeveloped all of the gameplay mechanics and it went down really well. And like what you said, this the combat mechanics of the Arkham games, they have been copied a million times and most famously recently by Spider-Man which came out in 2019. So that's 10 years after Arkham Asylum first yeah. put these mechanics in place. And they're there because they work, and I get that, but it, it becomes a bit of a slog when every game is doing the same thing. Yeah, and I don't know, do you find the combat system enjoyable? It's, it's easy. I think it's all right. I really, I really like how flowy it is. It works. You, well, yeah, absolutely, and and you can go from one enemy to the other, to the other, to the other, and there are certain things you have to pick up, and th th certain certain things you have to 
take on board with dealing with different enemies like ones with shields or brutes you have to you know fight them a little bit differently to other thugs but as fine as i am with it it i don't think it holds up amazingly or i'll, I'll say the same thing that i said uh, that you said for spider-man it's good yeah it, it does the job yeah yeah that's it that's, that's how i feel about it. i certainly don't think it's bad it's good no and it works and it is quite entertaining but i wouldn't throw it in there with the top combat systems in games i suppose that's how Some, i describe it something that we also haven't mentioned is the consoles that we played this on as yeah. we said at the start of the episode um the ps3 version of this game is the highest rated followed by the 360 when we first played it i originally played it on the 360 I then also played it on the PS3 after that, and this time round I've played it on the Xbox One uh, because it's been upscaled and looks pretty impressive. You were the yeah. same, weren't you? Yeah, so this is a remaster, and with the remaster they have um, they've up-resed it to 1080p. Um, they have retextured a lot of the game, um, yeah. so this is more relevant to Arkham Asylum. I think the changes that were made to Arkham City were less. Um and the frame rate is improved. I played on the Xbox One X. Now it's Same. not the best Xbox One X enhanced game because there is an enhancement there. There but are some slowdowns done... and stuff, aren't there? Well, uh, not on the X. Basically, it's it's a steady thirty frames per second. But I know that people were disappointed because they were they expecting. Well, they wanted sixty and they wanted a four K resolution, and there's just not that. So people were saying it's one of the most disappointing One X enhancements, but. It still looks fine. It plays quite nicely. I didn't know. I, I don't think there are many frame frame rate drops in the One X version, but I thought it was running quite quite smoothly, to be honest. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing that's good about the gameplay is the traversal. It's mm. um, a lot of fun and really, again, paved the way for things like Spider Man to create these really fun traversal systems across the city. It's one of those games where it's fun to get to your destination and there's not much more to say about it than that. I don't know. It's the kind of game that if there was a fast travel mechanic, I probably wouldn't use it because it's fun to fly around the city as Batman. You know, yeah. Even if it takes a bit more time, it's the same as um, it's the same as with Spider-Man. The traversal in that game is fantastic and it probably yeah. takes just as long to load up a fast travel sequence of Spider-Man riding the subway in New York as it would to just swing there, you know? And it's, it's the same with Batman. There isn't a fast travel mechanic that I know of in that game. No, I don't if there was, it. I'd prefer to glide around the city because and also, it's quite fun. The map for Arkham City is not that big. It's a lot I'd, smaller than I remember it being. Yeah, it's really not that big. Because I was doing... Um, yesterday after I finished the game, I was uh, capturing some footage and I was doing some of the Zaz phone calls. Yeah. Um, where you have to get across the city to a phone, um, a phone on the other side of the city, which is ringing, and answer it within the time limit, and that's when you start to realise the city is not that big. No, it's not C- compared to the open world you get now. But I think in two thousand and eleven, we weren't used to. We we were somewhat used to open worlds, but not to the level we are now. Because I think twenty twenty, everyone's a little bit sick of open worlds. Yeah. Especially with games like The Phantom Pain, where it's just bereft of anything. And you've got the Ubisoft games with Far Cry, where it's the same thing. Go to this tower, unlock more of the map, go to the next tower, 
And I think in 2011, it felt like a very big open world. But looking back on it retrospectively, it doesn't feel as big as it once did because we've been spoiled, I think, by open world games. Okay, so just um, just because we said we're going to keep this, this uh, episode a bit sure. shorter. So this game you said is number 32 on the list. It's got a score of 96. Is it good to play in 2020 um, from, from your perspective? Yes, if you know what you're getting into. If you're not playing this game with the intention of thinking, is this game supposed to be in the top 100 list? I think it's a pretty easy game to jump in and out of. The story isn't that long, but there's a lot of side stuff for you to do. The combat's, you know, if it doesn't feel too bad. The graphics are good. So I'd say it's still enjoyable to play, you know, nine years after its release. What would you say? Yeah, I think this this game I, I would be able to confidently recommend to most people that like these kind of games and say you're going to have a good time with it even though it's nine years old. It's easy to jump into. It is a good time. It's enjoyable to play. And I don't think it's aged badly or anything like that. I, I think it's very easy to play uh, in 2020. Okay, so um, now we get to the bigger question, which is... Does it deserve its place on the list? Does it belong on the list? Is it one of the greatest games of all time? No. I think this is probably... I I haven't not enjoyed playing this game, but I think this is episode eight that we've done. I think this is the eighth game that we've covered. And I know that your least favourite game that that we've done is Grim Fandango. I yes. would say for me, this is probably the least favourite game that I've played. Even though I've enjoyed it a few times before, I just didn't really get on with it this time. I don't think it deserves to be in the top 100 games of all time. It's a fun game and it's a good game. But if you're thinking of the calibre of games that should be on the top 100 list, and we say this every episode, this list is very flawed. I don't yeah. think it deserves to be on this list at all, really. It's good and it reinvented a lot of things, but... No, not in my opinion. What about you? I'm I'm even going to say it doesn't reinvent a lot of things. The game that reinvented a lot of things was Arkham Asylum. True, true. The combat system was born in Arkham Asylum. The the way that you navigate the environments, the way that you glide, all those things were born in Arkham Asylum. The level of detail was born in Arkham Asylum. The juggling of enemies was born in Arkham Asylum. What this game did was take what worked well in Arkham Asylum and make it bigger and more. And I am always of the opinion that bigger and more doesn't make a better game. Now, my favourite of the Christopher Nolan Batman films is Batman Begins for this very reason. It's a more focused, tighter experience. And having less enemies really benefits it. It tells a better story. I'm not... I'm not saying that Heath Ledger wasn't a great Joker because of course he was, but I just find having that focused uh, story with the, with that through line that you can see and it just makes it so much better. So for me, I, I would say that you could argue, there is an argument to be made that Arkham Asylum could be on this list for the innovations that it made for influencing every comic book game that came after it. I don't think Arkham City deserves to be there because it wasn't that innovator. It made it bigger. 
and it's just the one that everyone remembers because it's the one that it's kind of like that second game that really becomes mainstream and the yeah, critics rave about Batman it. Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. People remember The Dark Knight a lot more than they do Batman Begins. And the critics rave about it and it kind of creates this legacy. But I think for me, and I think if you went back and played Arkham Asylum 2, knowing your interests, I think you'd prefer to play that now than Arkham City. Probably. I think you'd enjoy it more. It's a more focused experience. But... um so I think there's an argument that, that could be made that Arkham Asylum should be on the list, but not Arkham City. I did enjoy it, and I think it's a good game. I would One say, for, for me, it's better than Spider-Man. I mean, I might even describe it as a very good game, but it's not an amazing game to me. The one thing that I really wished had been in this game, and it wasn't because of the time that it came out, one of the few things I enjoyed about Arkham Knight was the different bat outfits that you could don. And obviously that isn't there in Arkham City. I thought you, I think you can. Not not as many as are in. Ah, um, okay. Arkham there's about Man, there's about ten that you can pick from that um you can you can choose. But I did try some and they don't. Some of them are bigger. Like the the uh, don't look the, right. Yeah, the dimensions are bigger than the normal suit, so they clip into the cape and things like that. Mm. So they, so yeah. it looks a bit odd. The thing that I really enjoyed with Arkham Knight was either using the uh, the bat costume from the 1989 film, uh, like the original bat suit from the Tim Burton film with Michael Keaton, and then the costume from The Dark Knight. I just like the fact that those were included in the... Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, that was cool. The Arkham Knight game. But yeah, so that's Batman Arkham City done yeah. and in the bag. Anything else to add about it? No, just just um just a final sentence. I just want to. Have you seen? Did you see uh, the Joker film? Yes. What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. I loved it. It, it's great. it was a, it was a weird film, and I'm really glad that they went down the routes that they did with it. And I think it it's funny because the Joker is such an iconic character, and people have expectations of what the Joker should be. But for me. I found the film more of an exploration of someone that has a lot of troubles and a lot of yeah. mental health issues. And I, I think it was it was so well done. And I've always said that I think as weird as he is, Joaquin Phoenix He's fantastic. is a really good actor. He's a fantastic actor. He is weird, he, yeah. but he is fantastic. And it... it gives you an idea if the Joker was a real person, what he would be like. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to see another Batman game. I, th I guess that we are, but I don't know when or what it will look like. But maybe I'd like to see some more of those elements thrown in there. I hope that they don't do another Joker film, though. They probably will. But I think it was fine to stand alone. I don't th I don't think he'd sign. I, don't, I got a feeling that he wouldn't sign on for it. Well, they've got the, um, the new Batman films coming out, haven't they, with... Um robert patterson playing um bruce wayne which apparently i mean that that was the that was the original thought of everyone when they said heath ledger was going to play the joker and no one liked it but apparently from what i've seen and from what i've heard he isn't doing too bad so i'm willing to t give him the benefit of the doubt for it i'm not a big fan of our pats but but heath ledger is know. a heath ledger is a character actor so he was going to embody the character Robert Pattinson is not a character actor, and not only that, I think he's 
miscast. I think it's not even about him, but I just don't think he fits the casting. Anyway, we 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 could talk about this uh, for a long time. So, um, what we're gonna say is uh, because obviously next episode will be Goldeneye. The episode after that, because obviously this was meant to come after Goldeneye. The next episode after Goldeneye will be The Last of Us. So, gonna be a big episode. Uh, I think there's lots to discuss with that game, um, and I'm quite looking forward to replaying it um, cautiously. I've I've played through it a few times and I I enjoy it. I know that for a lot of people it's their favourite game of all time and people say that it was a console defining game for the PS3 and it comes from Naughty Dog and obviously Naughty Dog are very well respected within game development communities so it will be interesting to replay because I've not played it for a couple of years and I enjoy it. I've not it. played it since 2013 was that when it first came out? Yeah, it came out in 2013 on the PS3. I've not played it since then, so this will be interesting for me to jump back in. And I wasn't, uh, spoiler, I wasn't blown away by it then, so... I remember. It'll be interesting. Yeah, we we were originally going to release this game in line with the release of The Last of Us Part 2 coming out, but um, that's been pushed back indefinitely now, I think, because a few issues with development, and as well as that, I think they felt it kind of mimicked the current situation going on in the world a little bit too much to put into gameplay which yeah i can kind of see um so that was the original reason why we wanted to do the last of us now but yeah. we thought we'd still release it anyway because you know it's a fun game and i i think that it should be an interesting episode for us to discuss definitely okay so uh please continue to share like um just try and help us uh, get people to more people to see see and listen to this content because uh, we do enjoy it and uh, we do put some time into it so yeah it'd just be great if more people could uh, get the chance to listen to it sure as as per usual I'll say the things I always say at the end of the podcast we're on Apple Podcasts we are on Spotify if you do enjoy us on Spotify please think of perhaps giving us a follow on there or sharing the episodes you can also tweet us at our Twitter handle, the long short of, where if you've got any feedback or if you've got any thoughts or ideas for games that you'd like us to cover in the future, because once we finish the top 100, we will be looking at other games as well. Uh, and we'd also be open to if there's some games on this list that you want us to see, uh, want to see us do sooner than perhaps we would do normally, then you know we're open to that as well. Uh, you can catch our episodes in video formats on YouTube, on Dan's YouTube channel, The Subtext. Um, give him a follow, give him a like, as I know that that is all good stuff for the YouTube algorithm. And I mean, if if you know us personally and you want to see us cover a certain game, just chuck us a message. You know, we're open to those kind of things. And as Dan said, yeah, if you're enjoying it, you know, give us some feedback, give us a share. It'll be greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Goldeneye, which we've already recorded, and then following that, Last of Us. It's a good one. It's a good one. Check it out. And we'll see you soon. (laughs) See you on the next one. Cool. See you later. Bye. Bye.